0: you get five of six on the homestand as well It's obviously still early but important nonetheless to get those points right
1: now. yeah it's it's huge um you know i i feel like we've we've started the season playing really good hockey but at times too um you know lost some tough games um games that i we felt that we sh- we could have won and uh so it's it's really important that, you know, we play well at home and, and these past three games, that's been, that's been huge for us. Um, and obviously now we got, a, we got that big game in Tampa, too, and uh, I, I think this is a, this is a good confidence um, builder, too.
2: I will say this, Floyd. You talked about wanting to see the Predators play better teams. They will do that tomorrow night at Tampa as opposed to Minnesota last mm,
3: night. Yes, they will.
2: Minnesota is hot garbage. Don't, Let's go you, to your don't phone. Don't you
3: just love to hear Pecca talk? I mean, I think it's so great. He is so positive and so into it and just I mean, he never says the wrong thing. You
2: love Rene. I really do. You love him. Yeah, I mean, you have never It's funny because with Mariota, like we talked about, you know, where you kind of flipped a little bit and and all of this and that you have never once in the four years we've been doing this show, uttered a negative word about Peck even when he wasn't playing his best. You never doubted him. You never wanted him benched. You never thought that he couldn't do it. You have never, you love him.
3: He's a good player and a good guy.
2: True story on that. Great
3: combination.
2: Let's go to your phones. Fireball Hot Take Friday on the Preds after the Hal Gill 10-game line of demarcation. Doug is up next on a Fireball Hot Take Friday. What's up, Doug?
0: Hey, guys. Hey, I am concerned after 10 games, and here's why. You know, the defense that Floyd's talking about, but uh, Pekka cannot stay this hot. And there are times during the season where it feels like we we should be behind and we're actually winning because of Pekka. Um, my bigger concern is UC Soros. If he does not get to the point where he is a superior backup Pekka, we're going to be in a little bit of trouble because we're going to have to play Peckham more, and at his age, he's going to end up getting tired or hurt. So love to hear what you guys say about that.
2: Thank you for the call. I would start by saying this. Maybe I'm a local Bobo. I don't know. I highly doubt it. Maybe I am. I don't know. I feel like Soros, when I've got two years and he's played two full years in the league, and I've got two full years that say he starts off slow, and they've had a philosophy change, that tells me that, he may just be somebody who starts off slow and midway through the year catches fire and is as good as any goalie when he plays in the entire league, including yours. Um, so I'm I'm not totally concerned about Soros or how much Pekka will have to play or anything like that. As far as the defense is concerned, said, you know, you can't count on Pekka to bail you out all the time. Why can't you? I mean, as long as you can score goals. I feel like Pekka might be good enough to bail you out of any other trouble you put yourself into.
3: Well, yeah, I, I think his point was that he can't play all the games. You know, he's he's going to have to rest. You know, we we talked about over the last two or three or four years, I don't know how long, I mean, each year he's played a couple of fewer games. And and he, I'm sure they would like to be able to play him a couple of fewer games, you know, this year. Um, and And are they going to be able to do it if in fact you know this new system is affecting um sorrows
0: plus early in the last couple of games, Peck has played really well in the first period to kind of keep a minute oh last night last night and in the Anaheim game, honestly yeah, yeah. and so if he doesn 't and you fall behind, maybe this you know the the script flips a little bit
2: so I was reading from Pierre. Leroy on The Athletic, and he was writing about what's like a fair deal for Roman Yossi. And uh, he wrote this. How about this little nugget about the Roman Yossi contract? He said this. "Uh, There were negotiations with the Preds back and forth during the offseason. Most recently, Moldaver, who I guess is uh, Roman Yossi's agent, met with David Poyle in Los Angeles when the Preds were in town. As far as I can tell, talks hit a snag in late August-early-September Neither side will confirm this, but my understanding is that the Preds came up to eight and a half million a year on a long-term contract. but the Yossi camp is looking for north of nine million dollars in uh, average value. The top, D, the top paid defensemen in the league: Eric Carlson, eleven five; Drew Doughty, eleven; P.K. Subban, nine; Oliver Ekman-Larsson, who, by the way, could not hold Roman Yossi's jock, eight point two five million; Brent Burns. Who's a really good player, but signed in twenty sixteen, eight million. John Carlson, eight million. Truba, who also could not hold Roman Yossi's jock, eight million. So basically, the Predators want Roman Yossi to take essentially what I think would be at least a two million dollar haircut per year. Like that's not gonna happen.
3: Yeah, I mean just just those names you you went off listed and and what they were making. I mean, I don't know if I'm him. In my mind, I think I can go to to the the club and say, hey, you know, I played as well as PK, and PK's making what did you say, nine or nine and a half? Uh-huh. Nine. Nine. So I mean. It, you know, over the last couple of years, we've seen this. We've got evidence of that. And I've played as well. So I need at least, you know, nine plus. Now, I don't know how much is the plus, but, I mean, that that seems to be pretty easy to me.
2: Pierre LeBlanc. Pierre continues. He talks to, like, front office executives, uh, player agents, like, you know, guys off the record or whatever. A front office executive said this quote, "Personally, I think Yosi is going to get over 9 million a year." Let me stop there. No duh. Like you're not going to pay Roman Yosi less than 9 million dollars a year. You're not not when Eric Carlson is getting 11 plus. You're not going to get Yosi for 9 million a year. That's like when the the two weeks that Derek Carr was the highest paid quarterback in the league. That's how it works in that sport. In this sport, you can get your guys to take a little less, but not 2 million a year less. The front office uh, executive unnamed continues to say, I don't know what's going on in that negotiation, though. David Poyle has had a pretty good record of getting his guys to take less than market value, but I don't see that happening here. A factor here is the Predators took on $9 million in P.K. Suban, and if I were Yossi, I would think I'd be worth more than him after playing with him, to be fair. There you Who go. Who just said that? There you go. Who just said that? <laughs> Score one for the old coach. <laughs> I mean, there is no way. No way the predator, if David Poyle thinks he's going to get Roman Yossi for less than $9 million a year, he's just off his rocker. There's no way. I mean, at some point, there's taking a hometown discount and then there's just being stupid. And if Roman Yossi were to take a similar contract to Oliver Ekman Larson's, then that would just be just stupid. Well, and he's not going to do that.
3: And he took a pretty good haircut last time.
2: Well, that was more like, you know, risk versus non risk kind of.
3: Right, but I mean, he. let's face it, he was playing last year and was better than P.K. making nine, and he was making what, two, two and a half?
2: Oh, yeah, like four. Four.
3: Four, yeah. whatever it was, yeah. and he's saying, gotcha. wait a minute now. <laughs> Something wrong here. And-
2: let's go back Let's go back to your phones. Ryan is up next on the pred, 615-737-1025. Go ahead, Ryan.
0: Hey, guys. Um, I agree, Jared. Uh, Roman's going to get either $9 million or he will be gone. But uh, my thing on this one, like a lot of fans, it's starting to wonder. Forsberg comes back. I think you need to reunite Jofa. And I know your theory on Kyle Turris. You know my theory on Kyle Turris. But apparently, Turris is actually working out this season. And I think after last night's game, the performance, I know he had that whiff. But if we look past that, he's actually performing back like the old Kyle Turris that we traded for. And okay, I think,
2: Good. Well, thank you for your call. A uh, couple thoughts here. Number one, I'm still not, I mean, the biggest revelation maybe through the first 10 games is that Kyle Turris isn't terrible. Uh, but I'm not ready to bank on that as a, as a, like, I'd much rather bank on DeShane and Forsberg being ballers than I would bank on the idea that Turris is going to play at this level the whole rest of the year, if that's fair.
3: Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd be willing to bet that too, but I mean, that's not too hard to get, so I, think that, I think the question is, in your in my mind is, is this the guy you traded for, you know? And if it, and if it is, then, you know, you, you got to say, okay, you know, we're good to go then. I mean, if we can, if now, can we, you know, hope to get that all year long? I don't know about that, but that's what you're hoping. And, and if that is, in fact, indeed the fact, then, you know, you should be okay.
2: Yeah, I would say this. I, I say if I'm the Predators, I keep the two lines because it's worked. And you hope Duchesne's not hurt. We'll figure all about that. But I just say keep the two lines because for no other reason it hasn't hurt six one five seven three seven one oh two five titans and bucks on sunday coming up next they never got a chance to draft him but they will play him for the second time ever and maybe the last time ever on sunday and it's Jameis winston and is Jameis winston any good and it's an answer i don't have the answer to or it's a question i don't have the answer to floyd we'll talk it next and how worried are we about Jameis winston 615-737-1025. Jared, the GM. It's ESPN 1025, the game.
0: What do you see from Jameis on film? Obviously, he's coming off a rough game in, in London a couple
1: weeks ago. Well, the thing of it is he's also – I've seen him in a game against the L.A. Rams where he lit it up. So, you know, as a defensive coordinator, I very seldom look at things that guys don't do well. I look at things that guys do well because I'm always going to look at – we've got to stop the things that they do best. And when he's hot and on time and throws, he's got a strong arm – Saw it out here in practice a year ago when they were here. I mean, he can wing it now. So we got to do a good job of of you know def- defending that. And so too much stock sometimes is put. It you know a guy has. I mean, the guy from the Jets may go out next week and throw for 400 yards. He had a bad day. That's a good okay, and then and that's just how it is. And I've heard all these things about. You know, guys have a great day or have a really bad day. Well, yeah, this guy's not very good. And then the next week they light it up. So, you know, Brady's as good as there's ever been. But a year ago, we we took care of business out here. So it's more about us than it really sometimes is about them.
2: Dean P. sounding just like his buddy Floyd Reese talking about Jameis Winston right there.
3: Must be in the blood.
2: Either that or it's part of the New England Brotherhood or it's... (laughs) You know how. I'll probably get in trouble for saying this. So I just won't say it. Good. But. <laughs> but. He says it just like you. Hey, Jameis stunk it up last time. What do you think of that? Well, hey, just as easily as he stunk it up, he put up 55 on the Rams, which, by the way, Floyd keeps raising the number to 60.
3: I thought it uh, was 60. What was it? 55. Oh, okay.
2: <laughs> 55 is not 60. No, but it's not 30. <laughs> no, it is not. And that's exactly where Paw Paul Dean Pease went to. Now, I want to know this. Two weeks ago, we talked about this and we said, Floyd, who would you rather take one game, Marcus Mariota or Joe Flacco? And you picked Joe Flacco for one game. And I determined that that answer told me all I needed to know about how much you believed in Mariota going forward, which you then denied. And then, didn't deny when Mariota lost the job. One game, who would you rather have, Ryan Tannehill or Jameis Winston? The floor's yours.
3: Wow. One game? Yep. Um, I mean, I'd probably have to go with Tannehill.
2: Me too. Why...
3: Just because you know, you know, if you get Winston and he's on, that you're not going to lose. But you also know if you get Winston and he's off, you're not going to win. Mm-hmm. At least with Tannehill, you've got a chance both ways. You know, if he's not if he's not playing great, he may still find a way to to win. And if he's you know, if there are problems, he can you know maybe keep you from losing. So, uh, I don't know. I just probably, I think my percentages would probably be better with Tannehill.
2: I'm not sure. I mean, can you think of, and I know we don't watch a ton of Bucks football. Can you think of one signature Jameis Winston win in his career where it was like, oh, my God, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers won this game?
3: Well, the, Whereas the, I, I, Rams I, would have to be pretty close.
2: I mean, I guess the Rams are 3 nine. <laughs> yeah.
3: I mean, they're sitting, they there at the Super Bowl whenever it was. And and uh, and I think he's, you know, we, we look at them. Generally speaking, people look at the Rams and say, wow. You know, they're going to run the ball. They're going to complete some passes. Nobody in the world can block Aaron Donald. So Aaron Donald is going to keep your passing game down. You know, and he jumps out for 55.
2: I mean, has he ever beaten Drew Brees? I'm talking about Jameis. Has he ever beaten Drew Brees? Has he ever beaten... You know, Atlanta when they were good. I, I'm just – I'm throwing – shouting out loud. I don't know. I don't know. I, just, I mean, yeah, I, I guess you could go to that Rams win, but the Rams are 3-3, three and three, and I'm not sure a lot of people are – I guess they're 4-3 and three now. I'm not sure a lot of people are just sold on the Rams, but maybe that is his signature win. I mean, Tannehill has, like, a nice record against New England. He's, like, good against some, some really good teams. So I think I would go with Tannehill only because – I trust Tannehill to not just throw the ball right to the other team. And Winston, to your point, he may go out there and throw six touchdowns and not throw a pick. He also may go out there and throw six picks and not throw a touchdown. Right. And I don't know which one it's going to be. Let's go to the phones. 615-737-1025. Keith is up next on a Fireball Hot Take Friday. Go ahead, Keith.
0: Hey, what's up, dude? Go ahead. Uh, I don't know if this is just because I'm a Louisville grad, but I don't see why people don't throw out the name of Teddy Bridgewater next season. I mean, the guy's won every game he's played for New Orleans, and he won a bunch of games in Minnesota. You know, I know he had a surgery, and I know he's probably going to be pretty expensive, and he might just be a stopgap, but, you know, it can't be Tannehill. Tannehill's just Miami's version of Mariota, you know? So, I don't know, man. I just don't think there's
2: anything wrong with Bridgewater, I think he's a good play. So, I don't know, like, I appreciate your call. I don't know who's doubting Teddy Bridgewater right now. I mean, what do you, do you want someone to go and sign him off the, the Saints roster? Because you can't do that in this league.
3: Right. I mean, he's got to get to the end of the year and into the offseason and, and, you know, still continue to – although I guess Breeze is coming back this week.
2: Well, yeah, uh-huh. but they're, they're, the Saints aren't going to trade Bridgewater, you know. Like, and I, I know what people are thinking. Um, like, I know what people are are thinking or people are saying or what. It, like, to me, Teddy Bridgewater. When this, just like Foles last year, when this season is over, there are going to be a handful of teams that are looking for quarterbacks, right? Like, we know Miami will be looking for a quarterback, probably. We know Tennessee. Tampa Bay, probably. Uh, I, you know, I don't know if I feel like all the old quarterbacks are going to keep their jobs, Breeze, Rivers, but I feel pretty certain they will. So a handful of teams are going to be looking for quarterbacks. Well, there are going to be guys, like Mariota probably, who at that point will become backups. You know, you will officially be a backup, Marcus. like you're going to Philadelphia and you are backing up Carson Wentz. End of story. Then there's going to be... The draft guys, Tua, Herbert, Eason, Fromm, whatever. Maybe they go wherever and start right away. Then there's the team that looks at, and maybe it's the Titans, who looks at their defense and says, we have really good players on defense. Let's sign Teddy Bridgewater. Maybe it's Tampa Bay. Let's sign Teddy Bridgewater. Give ourselves a second chance. I think Bridgewater will be a starting quarterback somewhere in this league next year.
3: Yeah, I don't know. I mean, you could be right. I think it depends on where. this. My impression of, of Bridgewater is what I said before. I mean, I think he's been fortunate. You know, he had a chance to go to Miami and, and be the guy and turned it down.
2: Well, because he knew that team sucked.
3: Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I think he's the kind of guy that needs to be with a pretty good team. And if he's with a pretty good team, he can he can operate. But if he if he had to put the whole franchise on his shoulders, I, I I don't see him the guy that that could carry it. Then there's nothing wrong with that, you know. Mm-hmm. You, I just think you have to be be smart if you're the team that's bringing him in, and I think he has to be smart, which he obviously has, as to where he goes and gives himself a chance.
2: Let's go to DeWan, Who's up next here on a Fireball Hot Take Friday? Thank you for calling. What's up, DeWan?
0: First off, the same thing, getting rid of uh, R.T. Uh, Bridgewater. They'd be crazy to do that. But, I mean, it's James, it's James Winston all day just because, I mean, think about it. He's talking about football. I would much rather deal with an over-aggressive player trying to calm him down, you know, comparing to his, his interception ratio, than to deal with somebody that's kind of soft and weak like a Oda to try to make him more aggressive and make him talk more. Like, all our quarterbacks forever have been so conservative – you know, and and have a conservative approach to playing the game. I want some excitement. I deal with some interceptions. If I'm the Patriots or Green Bay or a franchise that's used to this spotlight, then, yeah, I'm concerned about interceptions because I'm used to a high level of football. But we're not used to that high level of football. So I want the 500-yard game. I deal with five interceptions. We've never dealt with that as an organization.
2: Thank you for the call. Do you not remember Vince Young? I mean, I, and I'm not here, I'm not I'm not bad-mouthing uh, Vince Young or anything like that, but I think Vince Young, I think the Titans made the playoffs one year, and Vince Young had something like nine touchdowns and 17 interceptions. Like, Vince loved to throw the ball to the other team. I, I always say when someone makes a bad decision, and you see this in the news a lot, like, you know, it'll be, you know, some parent of an 8-year-old thought it was a good idea to let the eight-year-old drive the car around the subdivision and the eight-year-old took out three houses. And I always think to myself, like, at what point was that a good idea? Like, in the decision-thought process, when did you think that that was a good idea? And that's how I used to describe passes Vince Young would throw. Like, we'd see the replay after Vince would throw it, and I would think to myself, at what point was that a good decision? And I don't watch enough Jameis to say that Jameis does that, but to say that, hey, you know what? The Titans should get some excitement like a guy who will turn the ball over. I'm thinking to myself, you, you, you don't remember the Titans having the fifth best defense in the league in 2007 only to be held back by Vince Young. Now, I also put you know the offensive coordinator, old Norm Chow, and there, Vince Young had nine touchdowns and 17 picks.
3: Yeah, I mean, I think his uh, – you know, the point he was trying to make is that he wants somebody that is going to throw for 500, you know, even if they do throw picks. You know, he wants that kind of excitement. He wants the, you know, long ball, the the free-for-all kind of stuff.
2: And How do there you are feel people, about
3: that? Uh, there are people that, that like that, you know. I mean, I, I personally, you know, don't get all – you know, don't get really –
0: Giddy about it. It's almost like a ceiling versus yeah. floor kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, you know what's the ceiling versus the floor? Are you trying to play it safe? This and that kind of thing. And
3: I think you get too many when you when you're throwing the ball that way. You you've got too many passes because you know, especially if you're playing a good team, you know that you're going to have to outscore this good team. So you're forced into making bad throws. You know, mm-hmm. could just simply you're going to throw it and you're going to pray that you get a penalty, or you're going to pray it's going to bounce off the DB's hands and the receiver's going to catch it, or you're going to, because you know when you're throwing it, eh, there ain't much of a chance this guy's going to come down with a ball for me. Um, but, you know, what? it's either that or take a sack or throw it away or do some of the things you don't want to do.
2: Let's take more phones. 615 737 737 1025 If you're a Titans fan, how scared are you of Winston. You know, like, are you legitimately scared? Like, I'm scared. I I think there's a chance Winston goes in there and lights him up. Now, they haven't been lit up all year. But anytime you get a guy who's dangerous like that, but is there, like, a legitimate fear? Of Winston six one five seven three seven one zero two five. We'll get to the phones as well as you know what else is going on in the AFC South. We have not touched on that. Jared and the GM right here on ESPN one zero two five. The game on a Fireball Hot Take Friday. Hiller Plumbing, Heating, Cooling, and Electrical. They take great care of my home. They can take great care of your home. Why? Because I've got true transparency pricing. Thanks to the fact that I use Hiller. What does that mean? True transparency pricing means that there are no special fees. There are no flat rates. There are nothing that will just stack you right in the back, stab you, excuse me, right in the back, just like the other guys might put on you when you've got to get something fixed. It's that simple. Hiller lays out everything for you, what you owe, and then you take great care of it when they fix it. It's so simple. And right now, it's starting to get cold out there. You want to make sure that your heating is rocking and ready to roll for the winter. That's Hiller Plumbing, Heating, Cooling, and Electrical. Schedule your appointment online. HappyHiller.com. I love Hiller. I'm a member of the Happy Hiller Club. Anytime I have an issue, they come to my home. Hiller Plumbing, Heating, Cooling, and Electrical. Proud supporters of the Nashville Predators and of the Tennessee Volunteers. That's Hiller Plumbing, Heating, Cooling, and Electrical. Chair to the GM. CSPN 1025
4: the game. We've seen elite talent from Jameis Winston. Like we've seen Jameis Winston in, in moments where you say that's a Super Bowl winning quarterback. In games and moments and spans like you talk last about. It just for about 10 does, seconds. The consistency. So but between the question of him and Mariota we've seen way more great Jameis than we've seen of Marcus Mariota.
2: I don't know if that's true or not. I'm not going to question it. It doesn't bother me anymore. Marcus Spears Because, quite frankly, Mario is not the quarterback of the Titans anymore. But you got the great Jameis, the Super Bowl-caliber Jameis that puts the cape on and goes out there and wins all these uh, six-win seasons for Tampa Bay. So, before we get too excited about Super Bowl-winning Jameis, there has not been a quarterback this year off the top of my head that has killed the Titans when I think about it. You know, Flacco, he didn't kill them. Obviously, the Titans made a fool out of Baker. Brissette threw for 150 yards. I mean, you could literally make the case that Gardner Minshew might have given the Titans passing defense their biggest fits of the season. You can literally make that case. So why should I be worried about Jameis Winston, who has never shown the ability to be competent consistently in the NFL against a defense in the Titans that has simply just not been tortured at all this year?
3: Well, I think because they make their living throwing the long ball. I mean it's that simple.
2: And it only takes one it, or two to
3: hit it, Yeah. I mean if you you know, they, they threw they complete two of those and you're down fourteen nothing. So, you know, it's and and the part that's that's hard is you know, when it it seems like when it happens it kinda opens the floodgates. You know. If it happens early then kinda uh oh they're on their way to score a bunch of points. And so I I don't know. You know, that's what that's what scares me the most. Now, that being said, I mean, is there anybody on that defense that doesn't realize that he throws the long ball? You know, is there anybody on that defense that's not thinking, hey, we've got to you know, we've got to defend the long ball. Let's be sure of that. Um, so, I mean, there's it's not like there are going to be any surprises, it's just a matter of. You know, uh, how much are you going to end up man for man? Are you going to have free safety? And is the free safety going to help? And, you know, all those issues.
2: Let's go to your phone, 615-737-1025. Let's go to uh, Keith, who's up next here on Jared and the GM. Go ahead, Keith. Hey, guys.
0: Thanks for taking the call. Uh, Lloyd, I was wanting to ask you. I was wanting to ask you yesterday on Ask the GM, but... I'm building my wife a she-shed, so I was a little bit busy. But uh, I, I'm curious, do you think that Vince would have been a successful quarterback had Steve stayed around? And I'd also like for you to kind of touch on the last time I asked you something about Steve McNair being traded, you said that that was Bud's decision. Uh, can you expand on the, the conflicts or whatever? that time, if you can, I
2: understand. But anyway, I'll hang up and listen. Thanks for the call. They,
3: um, yeah, Steve would have, would have helped Vince. I don't think there's any doubt about it. Uh, you know, Steve exude, uh, Steve is one of those guys, was one of those guys that had a, a tremendous quiet confidence. I mean, he just knew. And you know, when he walked around people looked at him and they knew that he knew. And uh and I think that that Vince had some of that, but it wasn't I mean Steve's you could not shake Steve's. And and I think you could shake Vince's. Um but but I go back to the you know, to the thing that we've talked about and, and really one of the things that I think we've done very well with Marcus. Which makes the you know, if it doesn't work out the whole experiment kind of sad. Is we've we've given him time, we've given him space, we've given him support, we've given him players, we've given him excuses, we've given him a bunch of stuff that that you need to do to make sure one of these young draft choice high draft choices ends up being a pretty good quarterback. And uh and I didn't think I wasn't here so I don't know but I was concerned about the fact you know that was was vince getting that later on you know and' what would have been its fourth and fifth year or fourth whatever they were um simply because you know that we didn't when I was here we didn't have any of those issues you know none of those things existed and so I don't know what changed and and not being here of course i'll I'll never know um as far as Steve and Bud. No, what had happened was Steve was practicing in the off season. And I was casually on the phone with Bud, and I just said, Hey, Bud, you know, Steve is uh I said, You gotta be happy your quarterback's down there playing or practicing. And he's by himself, you know, just football and he's just throwing it against whatever he's doing. And uh and Bud says uh if he gets hurt doing that, do we owe him for his contract? And I said, yeah. You know, he's at the football facility practicing football. I said, you do? Well, his cap number was gigantic. And Bud says, well, get him out of there. We can't run that risk. I said, he's, at, he's by himself. You know, I mean, could he get hit by lightning? Sure. I mean, there are probably a number of things that could happen, but I feel pretty safe. And he said, no. He said, you got to. Got to get him out of there. So that's kind of where we were.
2: So I think there's a lot of things that went wrong with the Vince Young era. I think there's a lot of things that went wrong over time with the Titans. I'm kind of more concerned about what's going right with Ryan Tannehill right now. I mean, I I know that sounds crazy. I I just feel like the next couple of games are critical to Tannehill's success because if they can get Tannehill on a roll or if they can get on a roll with Tannehill – they start to believe in this guy a little bit more every week and, and it just it would feel very Titans ish for them to go out there, win last week, everybody feel good about Tannehill, and then Tannehill not play well and everybody feel like the rug was pulled right out from under them one week after they got their hopes up again. So I'm kinda of more worried about that than I am anything else.
3: Well, I think the the um, the thing you don't want to have happen is, uh, I mean, I agree with you. He can go out and he wins three or four. He's not going to play every game perfect. I mean, we know that. So if you're going to stumble along the way, you would like for him to stumble after he's had a couple of pretty good games so that we can all recognize Mm -hmm. it as a stumble and not, you know, let's face it. If he goes out and plays rotten this week, then, you know, we're going to be sitting here next week going, well, which one's Tannehill? You know, which one's the real guy? We're not sure. Whereas if he goes out and plays four games well and looks like the real deal and then all of a sudden somewhere stumbles, everybody will be going, up. Ah, you know what, everybody's got to have a bad game. That's his. All right, let's, let's make sure it doesn't happen again. Um, so you would like that part of it. Um, now, are you going to be lucky enough for that to happen? Who knows?
2: is your phone number, 615-737-1025 on a Fireball Hot Tech Friday. Coming up next, Floyd Reese, Stephen A. Smith has laid down the law on a potential superstar player the Titans could acquire. You want one other hint, Floyd? Mm, Can't wait. You ain't going to like it. (laughs) Can you live with that?
3: I don't What this is Stephen
2: to, A. Smith oh, yeah. has to say oh, coming I mean. up next G- Jared and the GM, Fireball Hot Take Friday. CSBM 1025 The Game. Today I was working out in my old college weight room and I was rocking the sweat ink from Authentically American. That's right, sweat ink, where the message sweats through. The secret message once you get your workout in and it reveals that secret message that everybody loves. That's sweat ink part of Authentically American. I love Authentically American. We wear Authentically American as a company. They've got everything you need, polo shirts, T-shirts with sweat ink, Hats, jackets, Oxford socks for your business, for you. It's all there, Authentically authenticallyamerican.us, to get started with your order today. And listen to me now, promo code Jared, 20% off. That's right, 20% off your order with the promo code Jared. That's just my name, J-A-R-E-D. Promo code Jared at checkout. You get 20% off your entire order, big or small, from Authentically American. Authentically American, their clothes are second to none. It's Authentically American online at authenticallyamerican.us. Authentically American, the next iconic brand that is truly American-made. Jared and the GM it's ESPN 1025 the game. I would just say, look, there are three options, right? He's either staying in New England, he's retiring, or he's going to go play somewhere else. I would think of those three, that staying in New England, to me, would seem like the least likely option of the three. (laughs) But wait, we'll wait. see. The least likely option of the three. I think there, I think you could go any which way. I think all three are in play. But I think it would be more likely that he would retire or even perhaps move on than it would be to stay in New England. We'll wow. see.
4: Wow. Wow. Okay.
2: Adam Schefter Floyd talking about Tom Brady says he thinks Brady staying in New England is the least likely option. So doubling down yesterday on his opinion that he had Monday, which I know you hate and I know that of all of the playing along on the radio things that you're pretty good at, Floyd, this is the one thing you absolutely have no interest in doing, and that is playing along the what-if game with Tom Brady.
3: Well, yeah, I mean, I just, uh, I mean, I'll believe it when I see it.
2: Okay, now I agree. And so, I mean, I, I I don't know if people know this or not. I'm not in the studio today, although we are live from the uh, wholesaling studios presented by RumbleOn.com, powered by RumbleOn.com. I'm not in the studio today. I'm in Louisville. And so I woke up, I went to the Preds game last night. I woke up about four this morning, and I drove uh, three hours north to Louisville. i spent the whole day here. I've got an event I'm going to tonight. The reason I bring that up, I listened to the Felger and Mad show in Boston, and they were talking about Brady and all the nonsense about where does Brady go, where would Brady go, and they're all saying, look, it's more, if you're going to say that he doesn't come back to the Patriots after this season, the real question is, the real story should be, is he going to retire because they can't see Brady, and they're pretty—they're kind of like an anti-Patriot show. They can't imagine Brady playing for another team, uh, unless you know the the Brady and Belichick. You know, to stick it to Belichick to win a Super Bowl without him, that kind of thing. And I'm—I just don't think Brady and Belichick are as petty as people want them to be. That you know, may, have they had disagreements in their life? I'm sure they probably have. But I don't think it's so much that, well, Bill wants to spite Tom and Tom wants to spite Bill and all that kind of stuff. So even in Boston, the negative Patriot people don't think he would go to another team. Now, with that being said, Stephen A. Smith is not so sure. And Stephen A. has a team he could see Tom Brady on.
4: If we're going to entertain the possibility of him going elsewhere, I think people are missing something here. And somebody tipped me off to this the other day. This is not me. Mm -hmm. This is the brilliance of somebody else that brought this to my attention. The Tennessee Titans. Why would I say that? Who's Tom Brady uh, known to be close to? Vrabel. Mike Vrabel, the head coach of the Tennessee Titans. They played together for seven or eight years in New England. Mm -hmm. They went to four Super Bowls together. Mm -hmm. They won three titles together. And, oh, by the way, Each of the years that they won those titles, if I remember correctly, of the eight years or so that Rabel was in New England, Mm -hmm. about six of those times they were a top-ten defense. About four of those times they were a top-five defense. Mm -hmm. Okay? So when I'm looking at it, one could legitimately make the argument that Tom Brady has three of the rings that he has, in large part because of what they were doing on the defensive side of the ball. And we all know that Mm Rabel played a role in that as well. According to reports, they're still close. They still communicate. And what's the problem with the Tennessee Titans as we look at them right now? I got news for you. It's not their defense. Mm -hmm. Their defense is the fourth-ranked defense in the National Football League. Do you know that not one single game this year, not one single game, they're three and four, and in all seven games this year, they have not surrendered more than 20 points? Not once. Mm -hmm. Their problem is offensively.
2: Floyd, what do you think of what Stephen A. said? Yeah.
3: We all know.
2: <laughs> I mean, I would say this. If Brady was 32 and not 42, and he were going to be a free agent at the end of the year, I still think he would stay with New England no matter what. But if if retiring wasn't an option, then I think the Titans would be on the list. But the more I think about it, the more I'm like, does Brady really want to have a new offensive coordinator at this point in his life like have to learn a new You're tom brady no offense to arthur smith who by the way just had a kid so congratulations to him but like does arthur smith really know more about offensive football than tom brady and i'm not i'm not knocking arthur smith when i say that but it, tom brady has seen everything you could probably ever see in 25 years or 20 years or whatever arthur smith has not been coaching offense for 20 years. In fact, I don't even think Arthur Smith has been coaching offense for 10 years. So Tom Brady probably knows more about offensive football than Arthur Smith. Is that fair to say?
3: Well, I mean, the the hard part is, and Tom knows this, I mean, there's absolutely no team he can go to where he's going to find an offensive coordinator and a head coach that have a better feel for him, understand him more... Uh, have an offense that he operates and that he has respect for. I mean, they're just, you know, that relationship can't be developed anyplace else. And I think if he goes someplace where a guy like Arthur, no offense to Arthur, but, you know, Tom's been, you know, Tom may be older than Arthur. I don't know that, Mm -hmm. but, um, you know, Tom has been playing a long time and Tom is a, a sponge. I mean, he takes it all in. And so, you know, he he's he knows an awful, awful lot about football. And when it comes to the actual, you know, nuts and bolts of football, I mean, if if you have a coordinator or a quarterback coach or somebody that is not on the same level with Tom, I mean, Tom, just Tom will go about he's not going to say anything, but he'll just go about his work on his own.
2: Yeah, he'll just ignore you basically, yeah, and and yeah. you don't and that you can't have that. So the the philosophy that they threw out in, on the Boston show was the idea of okay, what if a team like the Chargers decides we got a good defense, Brady's lived in L.A. before, let's give Brady a puttload of money and you know knock out Anthony Lynn at the same time and bring in McDaniel's to coach. That is more likely to me than Brady coming to the Titans. I cannot see McDaniel because he would want to keep the same offensive coordinator. He, and the only way that that happens is if McDaniels goes to be the head coach wherever Brady goes. And the only way that that happens is if you fire your coach, which then kind of knocks out the idea of him coming here because of Mike Vrabel. Oh, uh, Josh McDaniels is not coming here to be the offensive coordinator to Mike Vrabel,
3: And I don't think, you know, Tom is not going any place as an experiment you know he's going someplace to win and and he has to look at it and say okay i believe this team can win and and you know if he can say that then you know maybe he would consider it but i mean he's not going to see how well we see if we can win he knows he can win so he's he's going to win championships and that's it
2: i appreciate one thing more than anything, right there, Floyd, is the fact that you legitimately tried to have this conversation. <laughs> you know, it's it's funny. It's I think that I appreciate. I did like the 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 love languages test or whatever. Uh, you know, somebody I was hanging out with, she wanted me to take the the what love language are you? Which, by the way, I hate all this stuff or whatever. But like gift giving to me is like a zero. I'm just not into somebody giving me gifts. But I am into like signs that show that you care or whatever. So you trying to have this discussion with me when I think you think I think you think it is preposterous <laughs> that anything will happen except for Tom Brady being the starting quarterback of the New England Patriots next year. If, he's playing. Think th-
3: if he's playing, he may retire. But you, do you
2: think he's gonna retire?
3: I I mean, I don't know why, but I mean he he may. Who knows?
2: I mean I think people are throwing that out there now to cover their bases of they all said that he was gonna leave. Well if he doesn't leave he might retire. I don't think you think he's going to retire.
3: I mean, I don't. But, I, again, I mean, I just look at him. I mean, we, you know what? There's We're not halfway through the year yet. So we got to see. I mean, by the end of the year, he may be beat to heck and tired and worn out and can't do it anymore and decide that that's it. I just don't know.
2: So the morning shows run a poll, Floyd. Have you been apprised of this situation?
3: Uh, I don't think so.
2: The morning show, and I don't know what led to this, but the morning show decided to run a poll today on Braden's Twitter account, at Braden Gall. Who is going to get married first, at Jared Stillman or at Chase on game, Chase McCabe? And the people have spoken. 83% say Chase will get married before I do. (laughs) There you go. Now, here's my thing. I am not rushing to get married. And I tweeted this out. I'm okay if I get married last. I said, I'm not about rushing to get married. I've got more to lose than I have to gain if I don't get it right. I personally cannot rush into it and afford to draft a Jake Locker and have to deal with setting my life back X amount of years. I just have too much life to live. So I'm okay if everybody gets married before me. Now, I'd like to have kids at some point, and I'm 30 now, so I feel like, you know, in the next two or three years, I've got to figure out exactly what I'm going to do there. But I... You know what? If everybody wants to get married, I say knock yourself out. I'll go to your wedding. Hopefully you'll give me a plus one so I can have a good time. And uh, I'll drink all your liquor. And that, especially your Fireball, uh, responsibly. And that is is how I sit. But the people think, I mean, I think everybody thinks that I have no chance to get married. And the more that I get closer to being married, the more I think there's a chance that I won't get married too. (laughs)
3: I've been saying it for a couple of years, so there's no surprises there to me.
2: I know, but you know, it's just, you know, again, I'd like to be a dad at some point. You know, it's like a buddy of mine. You know, it's, my buddy of mine's got two girls and they're going to, or two boys and they're going to stop. And I'm just so jealous because I would love to have two boys. No offense to girls. I would love to have two boys and just stop right there. I can't see myself being like a, a six kid person, certainly not a five kid person. I mean, I think. For the right person, I could do four kids if that's what she really wanted. But I would just love to be just like you, Floyd, and just have two boys and be done with it.
3: <laughs> there you Someone go. told
2: me the other day, like, you don't have to be married to have kids. I'm like, I'm not doing that now. Well, I mean not that I'm not doing that, but like I, I want to see my kid every day and all that kind of stuff too. Yeah. This stuff's a lot more complicated than I than me just talking about it, isn't it? <laughs> yes, it is. Seems something like that. Floyd's three things, three up, three down, three things the GM wants to see on Sunday against Tampa, three things the GM does not want to see. We will get to that coming up next on a Fireball Hot Take Friday. It's Jared. It's the GM. It's ESPN 1025, the game.